Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly, along with producer Neela Caruso. We're talking about an important business problem this week. There's a serious problem affecting millions of people for daycare centers because their attendance is down and more parents are at home, so they're taking care of their own kids. So we wanted to hear about this situation from Deidre Lovell of Garden of Knowledge Daycare Center in Brooklyn and Deidre's mom, Mildred Lovell, who also helps her run the business as well. Deidre, I was looking at the pictures of the beautiful kids at your daycare center and their smiling parents and it it just broke my heart that the business might close are you going to be able to stay open do you think Deidre well we're trying our best we are at a point where we're doing a lot of planning um planning out our budget planning out um what we will need to do to see if we can reopen in September and still accommodate uh, the CDC guidelines and requirements, along as provide a very safe and productive environment for our children, along with our staff. So that has been the challenge for us, and we are still in the planning phase, but it doesn't look too too good right now. What's the problem? What's the biggest problem? Money, right? Yeah, money is definitely the biggest problem, because with the forced uh, decrease in occupancy, we we have to take that into consideration, which means less tuition, less revenue. Um, so that uh, is one problem. Then also just investing into new furniture um, and a new way of doing childcare. So uh, we have to get things where we can separate the children and abide by the six feet social distancing rules as best as possible. Um, that might mean it will mean also more toys, more materials to do less sharing, and uh, of course more, much more. Although we always uh, had a nice, clean uh, daycare center with uh, strict guidelines, now it's even more so, which will cause an increase in cleaning and um, protective equipment supplies and whatnot. Most businesses, when they run into a tough time, will cut costs but you may not be able to cut costs too much, I'm guessing. 
No, not at all. Majority of, uh, you know, most daycare centers, they they are always caught, uh, cutting costs. So what we have to do is what we have to do. And we need these supplies. We need these um, uh, over, or just generally the overhead, we can't run away from. There's, there's simply not much that we can cut. Um, because of we because we'll have less children, the only thing it would be is to minimize uh, st- certain staff hours because we'll have less children. But nonetheless, it it, it won't make a, a great difference because we have less children. Neil, I'm wondering what parents are telling you, what you're hearing from them, because obviously they rely on daycare. But what are, what are you hearing about their concerns, and what are the specific changes that you're looking to make on the health front? When this first started and as it continued, we were in contact with our parent, parents a whole lot um, to the point where step-by-step step, we accommodated what their, what their needs are because we're here to serve the families. In the beginning, uh, when we were first closed, we contacted all of our parents and it took hours because they gave us details on what they would be looking for. And we created a remote learning program in the meantime which has been doing pretty well. And it's been hands-on and interactive where we would send materials as well as guided lessons. As of right now, some of their concerns are if the children will be safe with everything going on more, more over on the outside. And then secondly, the emotional part. Will, our, will the children feel um, happy to be in school knowing that they'll be contained in a sense and cannot interact like normal with their friends and even with their teachers to a certain degree. So the emotional part is something that parents are very concerned about. Yeah. How do you put them at ease? That has been a bit of a struggle, but it is going to require even more communication and just showing them that the children are happier um, being back in school versus just being at home. So I think they will not be at ease at 100% until, you know, they see it in action. And then you mentioned your remote learning. Will that continue as part of your business? Since parents are still on the fence, whether they'll be bringing their children back to school, either full-time or part-time, uh, we will keep that option open. And basically, our remote learning program is a combination of the things we would do at the actual center. The only difference is, of course, the children are not here, and they are not with their teachers. So parents now become more involved. And what we do is we guide them. We give them step-by-step directions and videos that will help them instruct the children, as well as provide all of the necessary materials um, whether that be paint, paint brushes. Uh, during the summertime, we work on sports with the children, so we continued our curriculum, and we we sent out equipment for sports so that they can work on with their children. And it's been successful for the most part. Um, and we've continued to receive feedback from the parents every two weeks to see if everything is uh, going well and just to track the uh, progress of each child as well. So that is something we will keep as parents decide whether they'd like to have their children come back to school. And because we are gonna have limited seats as well, it is an option for parents who, who you know, cannot, we won't be able to accommodate 
physically. Will this remote program keep you going, Deidre? It will not keep us going in the sense of um, on a financial note, what we're used to. This was really created just so that we can um, sustain the children's uh, progress. They've made a lot of progress. Our, Our school, particularly, a lot of parents bring their children here because they're getting a a daycare experience, yes, but they're also getting an academic and rich curriculum. You do charge and get revenues from the remote program, right? Yes, that is correct, but not at the same uh, cost as if the children were here physically. So there is a decrease in the tuition rate. Right. I guess your business can't really pivot that much because you serve a need for parents who are going to work and they need some sort of daycare and curriculum. So you can't, uh, your business isn't disrupted that much except obviously these health concerns now yes exactly the health concerns and uh, frankly parents need their child in a a safe place that's just what it is so children uh benefit more when the when they are actually at the school and so do parents so that they can work a lot of the stresses parents have been dealing with work because they had to attend to their children as well as work from home I'm just trying to understand the situation, though. What, what, do you think you can be open in the fall with fewer kids at the center and maybe more on remote in that type of combination? Or are you in danger of closing doors completely, even with the remote learning? I'm just trying to get the picture, Deidre. Well, we, we're trying different options. We have this remote learning program. If it attracts more and more families uh, that don't even attend our school from um, other places, and it is giving us the revenue to keep going, then we're going to continue with that for sure. Um, the problem is just getting enough money to, to, to meet the needs of the CDC uh, guidelines so that we can reopen without worry of being fined for whatever reason. So that's where the struggle is. And also, um, when we open now, we, we haven't recovered from the loss. We've been closed since March. So it's a, it's a question of recovering, sustaining currently, and also preparing for the next few months because we don't know what's going to happen. Will we have to be closed again because of the spread? These are all things that we think about to really determine us opening uh, up in September. How are you and your mom holding up, Deidre? I mean, yourselves, you know, mentally and in terms of your energy for the business. How, how are you doing through all this? For the most part, we had to look into ourselves first. We had to um, just, it started with just taking walks, talking it out, taking some more walks, talking it out, also <laughs> reaching out to other organizations, uh, people that we know that have daycare centers and, and also going on webinars and listening to see what other schools are doing and how they're facing, uh, you know, these battles. And then um, just talking to our families, our, our, the children and the families. We also have a weekly Zoom call that we do um, for all of our kids. It's, a, it's, it's something we do for free. And we just want to connect with the kids and the family so that their mental health are, is, is good as well. So we've been doing it since since we were closed, and we're, we do it every Friday. 
and it's something that um, gives us joy as well as the kids. Can we hear from Mildred, Mom, Mildred? What uh, what can you add uh, to this? And do you see any rays of hope here, Mildred? Uh, yes, I do. We Garden of Knowledge is a school that um, we basically um, created because we wanted to help the community, and we wanted to uh, make sure that the children um, have a safe place to go. And with the with the guidelines of the CDC, we want to make sure that we not only continue where, where we started with a safe place for the children, but also making sure that um, we stay within the guidelines so that um, we can satisfy whatever they wanted us to do. But in the same token, we have to be extremely careful um, that we have the right furniture, because right now we don't. That will show the separation of the children and to make sure that they are six feet apart and that the staff have everything that they need in terms of masks and everything else that they need in order for um, the daycare to run smoothly, similar to when we have it for the past 13 years. So you don't, uh, you, you just you just don't know what the future of the business is? No, right now we are in a limbo. We are not sure at all. Mildred, how much does this business mean to you and your family to get this right? And, you know, you serve an important service in the community. As a licensed um, special education school teacher for the past over 20 years, um, I wanted basically to open the school. And Garden, when we opened Garden of Knowledge, that was the happiest day, the happiest moment of my life and my daughter. And my daughter. And... Um, I want to make sure that we keep Garden of Knowledge going. We keep serving the community. We keep the parents happy. We keep the children who want to come to school to have the desire. Uh, therefore, um, it's very important to the family. It's extremely important to me. And um, I will do just about anything to make sure that I can safely open those doors. So right now, I'm a bit saddened just thinking about it. It brings tears to my eyes that I may not be able to open in September, but um, I'm just keeping my faith and continue to pray so that those doors can be open and the children can be served in a safely manner. Well, we're going to say a prayer for you, too. And Deidre, what did you do before this? I do hold a degree and a master's degree in early childhood and special education. I am also in the special education field where I work with children uh, uh, with autism uh, one-to-one. So I am also an educator. Neil and I have uh, spoken with uh, the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce. Have you been in touch with them? They seem pretty efficient in finding help for businesses. If you contact Randy Pierce, the head of the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce, is that a resource that you've investigated, Deidre? No, not yet. Randy Pierce? Pierce, P-E-E-R-S at the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce. And you can tell them that we suggested you call because they made quite an appeal with us a few weeks ago saying that they can connect uh, you to help and that may be something worth uh, your looking into, the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce, and uh, because we, if we could do a little bit to help you stay open, we would be happy to do that. Yeah, we'll make a connection for oh, you. Oh, definitely. Okay. That would that would be very appreciated. 
be that happy to do it. Happy to do it. Actually, Neil Wright, can you send that? Can you send the Brooklyn Chamber a note introducing Garden of Knowledge to the Brooklyn Chamber? That's even nicer if Neil would make the introduction. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me um, uh, today. I'll, I'll send an email over to him and uh, I'll copy you on it and make the introduction. Okay, sounds great, Neil. Thank you. And you stay in touch with us. We'll check back with you, and we'll hope that this has a happy story and you can continue to help those families and kids, okay? Okay, thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Stay in touch, guys, and good luck. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 